Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A Few Good Men, where we talk about the movies of John Goodman. This week, uh, this week we did Blues Brothers 2000, and Dana, we got to talk. Yeah, first of all, I think you cut out for a moment. Um, second of all, uh, Danny McBride is the name of the actor I was trying to remember. Um, and third of all, this movie's awful. This is okay. I'm a huge fan of the original. Huge fan. This movie is set 18 years after the original. And if you never saw the original, this movie doesn't really give you a point of reference. It's just kind of like, all right, remember the guy from the last movie? Well, he's dead, but this guy's still around. (laughs) Yes. And it's like... It starts with, uh, and I, I really do dig the music in this movie. Like, it starts with, like, a cool uh, cool rendition of John the Revelator, and later in the movie, there's, like, a big, full upscale version of the song, and it's incredible. A great old blue song one. I think it's by Blind Willie Johnson, something like that. that that's definitely a name. That's, uh, so it starts off with, like, this movie's got some cool music in it, but oh my god, what the fuck? Like, it's so classic sequel setup. It's like, there's even a point where it's like, remember the guy from the last one? Well, he has a son. And like, obviously you can't replace John Belushi. And like, I think John Goodman is about, as like, it's a pretty good replacement. He's got some sick pipes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He's, he sings that, that one song at the, with all them strippers. All them strippers who never take off their clothes. Um. <laughs> he, sings, he sings throughout. But, like, what the fuck happens in this movie? Uh, Mark, can I, can I be honest with you? For just, just to... I have to be upfront about something. Um, I got to a point in the movie where all of a sudden... A ten-year-old started playing a harmonica solo, yeah, and um, and then I turned off the movie and said I was ready to record the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! So you you haven't even seen the whole movie because what, I got lied? to that point and I looked and there was an hour left. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, I sat through the whole fucking movie. Mark, today is my birthday. <laughs> and happy birthday to you <laughs> uh, so okay, I, had a really tough day. I had a really tough day at work <laughs> and then i come home <laughs> and i got to watch blues brothers 2000 <laughs> all right so data the the movie goes drastically downhill from there uh-huh. from there yeah, they go and they visit a woman who has like supernatural powers, and then she asks like to audition for her to play in their her battle of the bands, and she's like, "I want you guys to play something Caribbean." And Dan Aykroyd is like, "Listen, lady, we play bluegrass, we play funk, we play soul, we play everything except for Caribbean." And then she turns him and John Goodman into zombies. And then sings a big Caribbean number with the band. And it's like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? (laughs) You know what this movie is, Dana? This movie is if the Muppet movie sucked. Oh, no. 
Yeah, but it's well, no, it's it has the same kind of road trip format. But this also, this movie just kind of reminded me of how bad some of the comedies were in like the nineties. Um, it's a very nineties feel to this whole movie. When did it actually come out? I think it came out in nineteen ninety eight. I was reading because like it came out like it came out like a few years before it was supposed to. Was it was it actually supposed to come out in the year two thousand? I think I think so. Or, I'm not sure that though. Trend that, that remember that trend of just saying such and such two thousand. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. I. Because <laughs> it was 1998. I'm right now looking at John Goodman's Rotten Tomato page. Um, 46 percent for Blues Brothers 2000. And that's way too high. And it's also higher than the movies on either side of his career. Um, Fallen and Dirty Work. Oh, and those are both movies we're going to have to eventually see. Dirty Work has 17%. Wait a second. Isn't Dirty Work um, Norm McDonald's movie? I don't think. Is that what that's called? Because I've seen that movie. Um. Yeah, no, what is this movie it's, anyway? It's not. Yeah, it is. It is Norm Macdonald's movie. Um, okay. Yeah, with Artie Lang. And you know what? That's not that bad of a movie. Yeah, I mean, it it's has, a bad, movie, but it's not that bad of a movie. Yeah, it has seventeen percent. Artie Lang. Oh man, what a what a tra- what a tragedy. Um, but yeah, Mark, tell me more about this about this film. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Oh my. Uh, I, my, when when Aretha Franklin started singing, I was like, "This is a, this song's very good," but like, I don't understand the context um, of okay, why the song so is necessary. Aretha Franklin was in the first one yeah. playing. Okay, and do you know what this movie reminds me of? I wrote, do you remember when we were in that dance thing in high school? When <laughs> like you're. So everybody listening, Dana's aunt is a dance instructor. Hey, no, no, Mark, and Dana anybody, and I... anybody listening who doesn't know the story, go to Half a Star podcast that Mark and I are on, and we tell the story there. Yeah. So long story short, we were acting in like this big dance recital thing that his aunt was putting on. And ev- the next day, I remember somebody said to me, it was like, man, I saw that. And it was... Act, it was actors dancing badly and dancers acting poorly. <laughs> and oh. you know what? That's what this movie is. It's musicians acting poorly. By the way, Eric Clapton's in this movie and music and actors playing music poorly. I don't know. John Goodman, he's a good singer. He's he's got some pipes on him. Uh, you know what? I don't think Dan Aykroyd's that good of a singer. I think, uh, I kind of think that like Dan Aykroyd, okay, Elwood Blues is cool. I'll, I'll give him that. But Elwood is not the front man. Jake was the front man. Elwood was the side guy. He was the quiet guy. So putting him front and center of this movie, it feels raw. It was like seeing the bare naked ladies without Stephen Page. But no, Mark, because the Bare Naked Ladies without Stephen Page is still really good. It's still pretty good, but like it's a something feels missing. Like they can't, 
they haven't been able to fill that void that was left. Oh, oh man, you know what? Something I find hilarious about the, the, the bare naked ladies is like after Stephen Page left, um, one of the other members of the band kind of took a, like a larger role. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, and all of a sudden, people started thinking, calling him like the new guy in the band. Um, but he joined the band in 1997. Um, and they still think of people still think of him as the new guy. <laughs> That's really funny, though. Um, oh man, when I, I the last time I saw the bare naked ladies, there was like an they had like a fake arm hanging out of one of their chat their chests on the stage, like for the set dressing. And um, I think the drummer joked that it was Stephen Page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is there a funny band to see live? They're real, like they are really good, but like just something's missing. Uh, like I've listened to the Bare Naked Ladies' last few albums, and like there's definitely something a bit off. Like it's still good, but it's not what it used to be. Oh yeah, but I mean, come on, like. They still, they're still, they're still, they're still making good music, uh, and they've been around since the late '80s. Um, like, and I really like that song from their last album, "High in Canada Dry." Yeah, Canada Dry. Uh, man, it was very frustrating because I had that song stuck in my head for like a couple months before the, there was even a recorded version of it because they were playing it on tour. High in, high in Canada Dry. Yeah, you're out of my head and you're losing my mind. This is a very musical episode for Mark. He's making me cry. You're leaving me high in Canada Dry. Yeah, that's a great. Okay, uh, I've got a note here that I have to bring up. Is it a T-shirt? At one point. Um. No. Uh, yes. At one point. Dan Aykroyd is talking to the kid about internet porn and he calls it cyber porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's remember when porn on the internet was an anomaly? Um, I don't know if it was ever an anomaly, but the uh, um, because I'm pretty sure that's been a, as, a, as long as there's been the, the internet, not the internet, the web. Um, but yeah, calling things cyber like cyber sex and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. very of the 90s you know you uh, wouldn't download a car and whatnot. oh my god so did you get to the part where they're in the tent and uh, 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 who is it James Brown is singing no I didn't get to James Brown oh my god well, you missed the dumbest part of the movie um, so there he so James Brown is singing John the Revelator and actually really good version of the song really like because of course James Brown is amazing uh and then but he's like preaching in this tent and then he was in the so he was in the first one he was a big part of the first one and he's back for like a bit of a smaller role this time and he plays this reverend who's like all oh, fire and brimstone and is singing this cool song and then, of course, the Blues Brothers come in and then they sing along with the song. And then, you know, that cop that's been chasing him the whole movie that's like that half brother? Yeah, but not even actually a half brother. Well, I want to talk about that in a moment. But yeah, continue. Okay, okay. But he comes in, he hears the music, and then that's when he flies up into the sky, Dana. <laughs> he flies I'm, I'm not shitting you. Please look this up. If nothing, please watch this scene in this movie. 
because you will see I'm not lying. He flies into the sky, realize, and then starts yelling, this is my destiny! And then he's lowered back down. And when he's lowered back down, he's wearing a suit and sunglasses. And he starts singing with the band for the rest of the movie. So, Mark, I haven't seen the first one. But from what I gathered, um, the black man who is this other black man's father has no relation to the Blues Brothers in actuality. No, but like they were the he he was their mentor. Yeah, yeah. he was played by the, he was played by I don't remember who it was, but a great blues. Yeah, musician. but more he was their mentor. He he worked at the orphanage they were at. Yes, um, but like that that doesn't mean that they're stepbrothers. No, it does not. <laughs> it is you know. And here's the thing, you know who was originally supposed to play the part of, uh, to play that part? It was supposed to be Jim Belushi in that role. In which role? In the role of, uh, of the cop that's chasing oh. them, the kind of half-brother. Oh. But wait a second, wasn't he, wasn't the guy already black in he, the previous movie? Yeah, they changed it. Well, they had to change it to like they changed the script to make it work and that it was like his actual son or something because like in the movie the guy didn't have any kids. So like they had to invent like a reason why he would have something like he would have a relation to someone who would be like a half brother or something. Yeah. So my guess is in the original script, it was like, oh, he mentored this kid too. So we're kind of like brothers in that we have the same mentor. That's, yeah, that's, and it would have been Jim Belushi, who, who, by the way. He actually tours as the Blues Brothers. And is in one of, is in one of if not my favorite, um, movie musical. Which one? Um, a little shop of horrors. Oh, of course. Uh, either way, Jim Belushi can go fuck himself. <laughs> like I, I mean that sincerely. I just, I hope he's dead. Like, I hope he did. Like, I hope, like they, the wrong Belushi died. I'm sorry. What? Okay, what? Spill the Jim Belushi tea. Jeez, what's the dirt? Okay. Okay. Jim Belushi is just a rep has just a reputation for being a massive asshole to people on the set. Uh, He's not like nothing he's in is that funny. He's not that good of an actor. He's been spending like the last two decades just squeezing whatever money he can out of his brother's corpse. (laughs) Wasn't he in a TV show? Yeah, according to Jim. I always which at one point I thought was a better show than Arrested Development. No, no. The show that you said was better than Arrested Development was King of Queens. Okay, good. Because you know what? King of Queens. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of King of Queens, but Kevin James, I got nothing against yeah. him. Uh, Jim Belushi can go fuck himself. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Um, um, according to Jim, it... 
it exists in the exact same part of my brain as um, eight simple rules of dating my teenage daughter. Uh, and those two shows, I can't really distinguish them from each other in my head. <laughs> I I never saw the show Eight Simple Rules. Uh, to like, I've seen episodes of According to Jim, and I've but and it to me it exists in the same part of my brain as King uh, of uh, Queens, as in like it is that exact Eight Simple show. Rules had um that one guy from Three's Company in it. Uh, John Ritter, John Ritter and he was in it and then he then he, until he died and then they just killed his character and they brought in a couple other actors like they did with you know something like news radio but one of the new uh actors they brought in was David Spade uh to fill that John Ritter void <laughs> that's really it's weird like, you know what I've got to say I actually like I think David Spade is a severely underrated comic actor and a really good comedian. Yeah, but it's like getting John Lovitz to replace Phil Hartman. Um. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then that's like, what else do you do? What else can you do? Like when somebody dies, just be like, oh, fuck. They could always like, dude, did you remember in the last Star Wars movie where they CGI'd? Uh, yeah, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher in? And, like, they just using, like, old clips so, like, nothing she said had anything to do with the scene at any point. People would be like, oh, General, what do you think we should do? Should we do this? And she'd be like, yes, you should do that. That's a good idea. Tell me what you feel. And it's like, I hated it because it was so <laughs> noticeable. Now I'm just talking off about Star yeah. Wars. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000 sucks ass, and so does uh, Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so, Mark, I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. And I'm going to say right off the bat, um, you can't. We can't talk about the Godfather movies. Okay. What is your favorite non-Star Wars also sequel? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh yeah, I. I always forget I think... that you're that you're that you're real big on that uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy. I love that Batman, that Batman trilogy. It's, it is good. It's real wacky, though. It's wackier than people want to admit. Um, it's true. Like, it still is a superhero see, movie, but it's prob- a, the but problem like, is I watched- <laughs> the problem is with superhero movies is that there are like certain conceits that audiences will not give up from the original. So like the whole idea, like we couldn't have a Batman movie in which it's not a billionaire dressing up in a bat costume. Um, so there's certain elements of like Batman and Superman and all these things that were like, no matter what we, we gotta, we gotta have this, but then they try to make it realistic with all around that. And it ends up just making it just real silly. But when we just all, all accept that this is like superheroes, like this isn't our world. This is the world in which we are like looking at it. it, It's actually less silly than like trying to do like a super realistic movie in which like a guy is fighting crime but then takes time out of his day to make a big flaming bat single (laughs) yeah i'm going to acknowledge that the dark knight rises has some plot holes i enjoy 
I will totally acknowledge. I enjoy that. all. I enjoy all three movies. Also, here, here one of the funniest plot hole in um, the uh, the Dark Knight um, is like there's that scene with the Joker, and uh, what's her name gets pushed out the window. But the Joker's up. Yeah, the Joker's I, up there with all these other prisoners, all these other hostages, right? Uh, we never, we never get a yeah. conclusion to that to that scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, what happens <laughs> after that? He's just like, oh, still up there. Great job, Batman. <laughs> you saved a guy. Uh, I am genuinely curious and looking forward to the newest, the new Batman movie. Me too. I you know I always like movies that you can enjoy, and I think movies more are becoming like bit more like action oriented, more like big budget, more like more bombastic and ridiculous. Because I think that the movie industry is realizing that what keeps its business afloat are things that like you go out to see. Because it's you benefit from seeing it on a big and speaking screen. Speaking of that, like speaking I, of that, um, one of my favorite sequels I, I actually watched when it was re-released in 3D, uh, which is Terminator Two. Okay, Terminator Two is pretty sick um, too. I also like some of the Lethal Weapon sequels. You know what? The Lethal Weapon never really did it for me. Uh, okay. Does Mad Max Fury Road count as a sequel or a reboot? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. don't. I never got into the Mad Max universe enough to know, or at all, I should say. I've only seen Fury Road, and I am really unpopular for my opinion about it. Uh, I think that's so unfortunate because it's so cool. I just was so bored watching it. Like. I mean, it is just one long chase sequence. Like, it really, like, it's so impressive how they got away with making a movie that was one big car chase. One of our, one of our listeners, actually. Well, I don't know. He he'll be one of our listeners again once he gets to drive to work, because he listened to our podcast on drives to work. Anyway, one of my very first impressions with him was a bad first impression of him because I was. T- I, I I was talking about how I did not like Fury Road. It was either that or I was talking about how I really didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Either way, it's not it's not a popular opinion, but and but those I don't know, did you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy sequel? Is it worth it? If you if you like it? Speaking of sequels, because I didn't see the sequel. I, I thought the first one was we're talking pretty good. About a I didn't Goodman like sequel. like I didn't <laughs> I, I never felt the I felt never felt the urge to go back and watch that Guardian first Guardians ever again, so like I'm it was fine, but like it didn't change my world or anything. That'd be pretty weird if it did. That'd be weird. Like there's got to be somebody out there that's like Guardians of the Galaxy saved my life. Oh yeah. Um. And then did you did you notice how like a lot of people just all of a sudden got real real pissy at Chris Pratt the moment he um started talking all super Christian? Yeah, yeah. And like he didn't re people got pissy at him and he didn't say anything. As like I get he's probably like it seems like he might be a Trump guy, 
but he didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of he's kind of guilty because he doesn't deny it in the eyes of of uh, the world. Um, also, he did. I think he had this one thing where he was like, "Today's a real important day to vote," and I was like, "Vote for such and such Teen Choice Award." And everyone got real upset at him, even though like so many people, so many people have done that joke. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a stupid thing to get mad at Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, Chris Pratt. Uh, do you ever watch um, Parks and Rec? I, I like. I saw the first season. I really liked it. I just never got around to watching the I rest like a, of it. Uh, like so, what are your thoughts? Anyway, are you? Uh, what are my thoughts okay. on um, um, John Goodman's um, awful sequel, Blues Brothers Two Thousand? Well, I was going to ask you about the girl from the Mandalorian, oh, but like, honestly, yeah, let's get Mark, back to that. Here, actually, you are going to save me some time because um, I've never okay. watched the Mandalorian. Oh, it's pretty and good. I think you'd like I don't it. know who this person is or what she said or what she did or a, I just I've just been seeing people talking about her. What what's going on, Mark? Fill me in. Okay. So, you know what? I'm not as I'm not really that familiar either. From what I understand, she tweeted out something about like how Republican being a Republican is like being a Jew in uh they're mm. in the Holocaust, which is a stupid thing to say. A very stupid yes. thing to I say. Also... But also, I, I don't know if I would have fired her for that. But at the same time, it's not up to me. And I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was like? What was her role in um, The Mandalorian Season 2? She played Cara Dune. Uh, she was kind of like, I guess she's the closest thing you would have to like a secondary main character after the Mandalorian and the baby Yoda. The child. The child, Grogu. Oh, the child has a name now. And people it has are a still name calling now. it it's baby Grogu. Yoda. <laughs> because it's, ba- this dude, is like it's Cloud baby Gate. Yoda. Um, do you know do you know Cloudgate, Mark? I've Cloud no idea Gate what is Cloudgate a huge is. sculpture in um Chicago, but everybody calls it the bean. And the artist really doesn't want people to call it the bean. He wants people to call it Cloudgate. And no one does. <laughs> oh. oh it's like Dolly's melting clocks painting. It's not called melting clocks. It's like Ooh, a galaxy on the mind's eye, no, or something stupid like memory. that. Yeah, that there it is. Yeah, no one calls it the melting. That, no but one calls melting, that one the melting but, clocks, Mark. You're just uncultured, dude. Everybody, everybody calls that painting yeah, yeah, the melting your, clocks. At, at your hillbilly, at your hillbilly you know dance recital. It, what? It's COVID. <laughs> Is that how you end anything, Mark? (laughs) You know what? This is is just as good of a place as anywhere. You know what? uh, uh, The weirdest little pet peeve that I've I've slowly developed? 
is when people spell COVID what? like it's a proper noun, like it's like capital C O V I D, um, like it's a name or something like that. It's uh, it's an abbreviation. I mean, it is a. It's, it's an it abbreviation. Is a All the letters are supposed to be capitalized. I know, but like at this point, it's I know, but it's like COVID. it's it's become so normalized. It's just like now this you know like the roommate we all have but no one wants to acknowledge <laughs> i mean remember when he's the were it rona yeah, he's like the Ro- I, I also really didn't like when they were like oh you don't want to get the rona oh, that was just like the i i hated it i hated it mark i like, i really did like the one week we were all calling it the rona <laughs> no mark no oh no, it was a whimsical week. It was the week where we were all optimistic about the future. <laughs> what week was that, Mark? I don't, it was in really? August. Oh I man, think. I had give I, I had lost a lot of hope by August, but I had also been spent the previous whatever five months working on my dissertation, so that might be more related to that. <laughs> you know how you know how I know that how? you've given up all hope. Is because you watched Blues Brothers <laughs> 2000. I thought you were going to talk about the, how much TikTok I, I watch. <laughs> Dude, tip, TikTok's cool. I like the shit you send me. Dude, that's what I have to think. Most of the texts I get now are friends just sending me TikTok <laughs> links. I was like, you know what? Oh. I'll allow it. Um. Oh, the one thing that... The one interesting thing about this movie. One interesting piece of trivia. This movie set the world record for the biggest car pileup of 63 cars. 63 cars. The world record was originally set by the original movie. I don't know how many cars were in there, but they destroyed 63 cars in that big pileup scene at the end. And like, the thing, like, here, like, I've talked about this on the show before, but I fucking hate it when sequels are just more of the original. Like the whole big car ch- like ch- chase with the cops at the end just ripped right out of the original with like a big car pile up. That exact same thing happened in the original as well. And it was kind of just like a, hey, you remember this? And I'm like, yeah, this is another movie. Get your own So did they go jokes. to jail? What happened to the child? Yeah. What, did, what, what happened to the... Is the kid supposed to be Dan Aykroyd's kid? Oh, no, no, no. They actually do escape jail, and I don't remember how, because what it is was the point stupid of the kid? and I Tell me it. that, Mark. You know what? There was no point of the kid. This kid barely... like Other than being a MacGuffin, this kid does not contribute to the plot at all, other than suddenly he can play harmonica really good. He sounds like he's been playing a harmonica. Like, whoever is doing the actual harmonica has clearly been doing this for, like, 40 <laughs> years. And they're like, this is a kid who can play harmonica. And oh, man. Like, bullshit. Contribute, contribute so little to the plot it's other than like, as a MacGuffin. you watch that movie Crossroads? Um, not the Britney Spears one. Um, <laughs> the one with uh, the Karate Kid. Well, there's this movie oh, no. where, um, what's his name? The guy who plays the Karate Kid. Um, and I don't, I don't know the movie, but I've seen scenes of it from when I was working at the guitar shop because it's like it's based around that whole like, you know, battle uh, for your, uh, you know, soul with with the devil at the crossroads. 
Oh, I've seen I've uh, yeah. seen that scene. That one scene with like well, Joe Satorani. Yeah, it's, it's Steve Vai. And oh, it's Steve Vai okay. versus the karate kid, but the actual recording is Steve Vai versus also Steve Vai. <laughs> yeah. And um he does like an arrangement of a Paganini song on the on the guitar, and it's really cool. It's really complicated, and a lot of people tried to play it for a moment, but uh, it's very clearly like not Johnny DiMaggio or whatever <laughs> the Karate Kid's name is. I don't know. He's in that Cobra Kai show, right? So he's. I think so. I haven't seen Cobra Kai yet. There's oh, too many yeah. shows, man. And it's like, it's good. I like that we'll never run out of shit to consume. But like, so often people will be like, have you seen this show yet? Have you seen this show? And it's like, there's so many fucking shows. Oh, yeah. But hey, uh, just before we uh, before we give our final thoughts, um, to place this, sh- this episode clearly in the past, at one point in the future, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine just got axed uh i'm I'm disappointed i really dug uh, that show it makes perfect how how do you how do you continue how do you continue that show mark in 2021 like what do you do that's that's a good point but like i don't know like just continue it like i understand that like there needs to be a different conversation about like about like the police and their role in like no in their the problem is Mark like... is that there's two different types of TV shows you can make you can make a TV show that is like an accurate conversation about police officers or you can make a TV show that's light and funny and goofy <laughs> and it's true and you and you but like you can just keep making the one that's bright and goofy and funny. But the challenge there is like, how do you do that while ignoring the myth? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, or, I guess they have to end the show, but it's disappointing they because done, I if they it. wanted to continue it, you know what they could have done was just um, without ever addressing it, have season whatever seven or eight, whatever the newest one is going to be, uh, season eight. Um, they're all postal workers. Um. Yeah, you know what? The postal what, defund the post office know, Mark, too. The Fuck post those office guys. is actually an essential service. Um, but I know it is, but they're always they always get my shit. So, you don't defund yeah, the already, post office. Don't do that. Just no, make the, them the, the get problem me my is, shit is that they defunded them already, Mark. They need to refund the, the, the postal service. No, but um, <laughs> but just imagine like all the same dynamic of like yeah, yeah. you know Good like point. oh this person's a whatever sergeant and all this. Um, except they are, except they work for the post office. Except for they already did. They've already did an episode making fun. Oh yeah, of the totally. Post but that's office. that's the reason why they just never address it. <laughs> I suppose I don't, that what, wouldn't what, work. For what me. government I don't service think. do you like, think they I, should? Um, what, what government service do you think the cast of the Brooklyn Nine Nine characters uh, could fulfill? I think they could still be cops. I don't know. Like, I don't think that... Well, maybe they could all be mall security like, guards to at me, a very I... large mall. Yeah, I'd watch that show. That'd have to be a different show. That's the spinoff. But you know what? I didn't, like, I don't... I don't I don't know if, like, 
yeah, it's a challenging show to make now. I don't know. I don't quite know what my thoughts are on it yet. I would have to think about but it. Speaking a bit more. of consumption of um, material, we've got some more John Goodman uh, material to consume. Yeah, what is it we're doing again next you know, week? You know, it's exciting because this movie's title includes a colon. It's Kong. Kong oh, right. Skull Island. Now, was this one another? Was this one of the Peter Jackson Hong Kong movies? Or um, King Kong movies? <laughs> Hong Kong movies. Is this one of that New Zealand director's Hong Kong movies? Um, I'm just looking at it right now. It's not on IMDb. I don't. I don't actually know. I saw the one, the 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 first one that came out, um, his King Kong movie. I saw it on which a plane. I saw it on a plane. Way to see that movie. Um, no, it's directed by this guy named Jordan Vaught Roberts. Nobody knows who that oh. is. We're gonna be we're gonna be getting hate mail now, Mark, from all the the JVR fans. From all hey, the Von Godheads um, out there. His highest rated movie is The King of Summer. The Kings of Summer. His lowest rated movie is Kong Skull Island. One of them's rated 76%. The other one's rated oh. 75%. <laughs> Dude, I love how he's like, I only oh, make C plus movies. Two movies. and they're both c plus movies all right so next week we're you guys can join us next week we're going to be talking about uh kong island and uh i guess have a good week fuck fuck the police except for from brooklyn 99 i guess (laughs) i guess yeah i don't know Fuck the police in real life, but the pretend funny ones yeah, are all, all right, I guess. Except for the class traders in the Paw Patrol. Yeah, fuck Paw Patrol. Fuck the Paw Patrol. <laughs> fuck Caillou.